Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Trusting God while going through the process to prosper. Trusting God while going through the process to prosper. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your word this morning. And we pray that the word of God will have free course. Father, the people of God are hungry and thirsty for your word. We want your word. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we continue to bind the enemy right now that will try to hinder or stop what the Spirit of God is doing in this sanctuary, in the lives of your people. We bind and we cast them out. Plead your blood over this, over these precious believers. And thank you, Father, for we are attentive. We want to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And so not only hearing it, but applying it in our everyday life. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. Our mental impression is important in regards to God's process for our lives. Process can be defined as a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. In this particular case, we want the the actions or the steps that we make sure that we are in line with God's word to prosper. It also can be defined, process can, as the steps and decisions describing the way something works in order to get a certain result. And the result we want, of course, is to prosper. We can see the process as trials, tribulations, challenges, or a series of tests that may or may not be comfortable. For example, the process of overcoming fear may cause us to have have to confront some people or situations that we may not want to confront. And confronting it through prayer and seeking God or how to confront the person or the situation will cause us to be delivered if we do it God's way. The process of overcoming poverty in our life will cause us to learn how to mature in our giving. I'll be glad to bring God his tithes and his offerings, as Deacon talked about earlier. And also, too, I'm going to have the right attitude when it comes to my giving. I'm going to look for opportunities to give and to sow into others as well. And, of course, I'm going to check my attitude in the process. As believers, we make choices on a daily basis. Choices can be defined as we are faced with two or more possibilities that we have to choose on a day-by-day basis. In my opinion, when it comes to trusting the Lord, it is a choice. It's a choice to trust the Lord. And and we must trust the Lord when it comes to our process. And also, too, we must make the decision to go through the process. The process, again, the series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. At the end, we want to prosper. And then the other definition is it is the way something works in order to get a certain result. It is the way to prosper God's way. 
Now, remember that we got to bring God's way into this particular meaning because God's way is much higher than the world's way. And we must understand that God's way is always going to be better for our lives. In fact, we read in scriptures like Psalms 37 and verse 23. See, let's go to Psalms 37 and verse 23. God's steps for any process can be found in his written and revealed word. God's process for any area of our lives, anything we need to go through the process, what God wants us to do can be found in his written and revealed word. Psalms 37 and 23 reads as follows. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. So again, the steps, the goings or the happenings of a good man are ordered. They are ordained, they are fixed, they are framed by the Lord. And he also delights in his way. See, an individual who loves what God is doing delights in doing it God's way. We may not always agree with it, but we come around to agree with it and we delight in what we do because we know God's got our best interests at heart because some of God's steps in our lives may cause us to have to face some giants in our life. Y'all remember the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Canaanites, Anna's children, the giants in the land. Some steps that God has ordered in our lives may cause us to have to face depression-like demons, fearites, povertyites, low self-esteemites, childish behaviorites, adulteryites, fornicationites. Any one of those who had to confront those in order to do things God's way. But we have to go back to scriptures like Psalms 36, 37 and 23. Our steps are ordered by the Lord. They're ordered by the Lord. Thank God he ordered our steps. And sometimes he ordered our steps in better ways than we could ever order ourselves. You ever been walking somewhere you realize that God must have been ordering your steps the whole along the way? And let me say this to you. Some things you were surprised by what God did in your life because you weren't expecting God to do what he did, but he did it. You made, you, you were a little surprised by it. It caught you off guard, but in the end, it all worked out for your good. Oh, yeah, I like that about God. God knows what he's doing, don't he? A lot better than we do. Hallelujah. Woo! We must make the choice to embrace his word and the process. Oh, yeah, we've got to embrace that process. We can't afford to allow it to be a secret to those who want to fulfill the will of God for their lives. We must learn how to share it with others. When we choose to go through the process of maturing in the word of God and the ways of God, we will prosper. We will prosper. What do I mean by maturing? We're going to develop. We're going to grow up. We're going to advance through the stages in life in order to achieve certain goals and certain achievements. And then we're going to prosper. We're going to prosper. We're going to advance. We're going to make progress. We're going to succeed. And one definition I'm going to bring to your attention this morning, one that I truly believe that God has given me for this day. Definition of prosper is this. To get better in accomplishing the will of God. To get better at accomplishing the will of God. Now, let me say this to you. That's not an ordinary definition of prosperity. 
But when, I, when, you, when we go through the text today, you're going to see that one of the best things in your life, one of the best ways to determine your prosperity, are you fulfilling the will of God in your life? Are you fulfilling the will of God? And not only that, we should be getting better at it. We should be getting better in such things as prayer and giving and maturing and so forth. We should be getting better. Now, let me say this to you. I know we have the world's definition of prosperity, but let's take this definition a little higher. That is a low level definition. We need to go to God's level of thinking when it comes to prosperity. Yeah, will you have money? Yeah, but there's so much more to it that God wants to bring in our lives. Listen, I want to see us as a church, as a body of believers, accomplishing the will of God in a more excellent manner. I want to see us as a church, as a body of believers, accomplishing the will of God in a more excellent manner. Now, let's go a little further. Let's go back over to Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1. Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1. Now, let me say this to you. We're going to look at some of the steps, the actions, as well as the process it's going to take in order to get to where we want to get to. Let's look at some of the steps, the actions, and the process that God wants to take us through in order to get to the place of Psalms chapter 1 and verse 3. Whatever he does shall prosper. So now, we start off in Psalms 1 and verse 1, which reads as follows. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So notice this, the blessed man, the happy man, the prosperous man, is the man who, those three things even list in verse 1, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So notice this, the way we go, the way we proceed, the way we influence, number one, is not in the counsel of the ungodly. Not in the counsel of the ungodly. So happiness will cause us not to have, to have joy and to cheerfully embrace scriptures and promises just like this. We can't be pessimistic about what we are dealing with. In other words, have a look at the worst aspect of this or have a negative attitude when it comes to scriptures like this. We can see from the steps of a good man, it's mentioned in Psalms 36, 37, 23, as well as Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1, this is a blessed man. And that he's a blessed man, one, because he's not following the advice of the ungodly. He's not following the advice of those who are wicked and, and most importantly, the, that advice that goes against the counsel of God's word. He's not following that advice. He's not following individuals who are, listen, scripture says one thing, but they try to compromise with what God is saying. They're not following that advice. Those who are hostile toward God. Those who are what we consider those who practice sin. Those who practice sin. Those who are practicing uh, things that are in contrary to God's written and revealed word. 
nor sit in the seat of the scornful. The scornful are those who are arrogant, inflated, and I like to put it like this. They like to lean on their own understanding. They, they got a limited view of things and they think that way is right. Not based upon scripture, not based upon anything that is solid, they just get, you know, my grandma said. My uncle said. What, and what they got to do with anything? When people like us live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the living God. If grandma said and mama say don't line up with scripture, then we don't have to be, take heed to what God, excuse me, what is said in that particular instance. So notice what he says here. We can read more about the blessed man in Psalms 1 and verse 2. So first of all, the blessed man, he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the, excuse me, sits in the seat of the scornful. But notice his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. His delight, his purpose or his pleasure is in the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord is the word of God. He loves the word of God. He says, what does the word say about what I'm dealing with or what I'm going through? That's what I meditate on. I've got to meditate on what God says is true. You know, I was thinking about when Jesus went through his experience and he was tempted by the enemy, he he went to the word. He could have rebuked the devil, said, get away from me, devil, you old low life, whatever you want to call your, you know, but no, he said, listen, it's written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. He went to the script and he didn't do it for himself. He do it for everybody that would read in the book of Matthew. He said, this is how you overcome him in the year 2021. This is how you overcome him in 2021, 2022, and beyond. By every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the living God. That's how you overcome him on your job, in your family, in your business, and wherever you are. That's how you overcome the enemy. He said, this is my this is my pattern for you that I'm showing for you what to do. And so this person meditates. They speak. They devise, they imagine, and they think about God day and night. They think about him day and night. They're in school and they say, I got a scripture. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Now, how do I divide eight by four? (laughs) Are y'all following? On the job, doing this, and they think about, whoo, blessed be the name of the Lord. And then they talk about, now, what we got to do about this situation that's came up right here? Whatever it is, they're thinking about scripture. Meditate on it day and what? Night. And that's what we told us to do. Now, we do this, we're going to prosper, y'all. You know, our problem is we start thinking about everything else. Nothing wrong with thinking about other stuff. I, I got no problem with that. But don't let that dominate your thinking. Don't let it dominate. In fact, don't let it control your decision making. Let your decision making be controlled by the word of God. Don't let your feelings tell you what you need to do. And, and your feelings always got an opinion. Ooh, 
I got four people that agree with me right now. I think the rest of y'all, y'all pray for us, okay? Pray for the rest of the four of us in here who I feel has always got something they want to interject in them. I mean, stuff that don't even make sense. I said, won't you go ahead and snap? Can't do that. Can't do that, Phyllis. Can't do that. Won't you backhand? I want you to cuss them out. I can't do that, Phyllis. I can't do that. I'm a Christian. People know me in here. I can't do it here. Y'all get that a little later. But you got to don't let your feelings dictate to you what you should do and what you should not do. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Because he will lead and guide you into what? All truth. He's going to lead and guide you into all truth. So now, now Psalms 1, verse 1, Psalms 1, verse 2, and Psalm 1, verse 3, is instructing us on how we should think, how we should talk, and how we should act. He's setting the stage for us and teaching us to prepare ourselves to trust the Lord through the process. And he goes on to say in Psalms 1 and verse 3. I'm going to read the whole scripture and go back and we're going to break it down some more. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season whose leaves shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. He should be like a tree planted, fixed in a specific place by the rivers of water. You ever know something when a tree gets to a certain spot, it don't walk around to a different another spot? You ever see a tree moving? I'm moving. <laughs> you ain't got the word about what God's gonna be doing. I'm gone. I see a tree out here moving, we're gonna shoot it or something. I ain't playing with the tree. But a tree gets in the spot. And it don't move. It don't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. A tree, normally big plants with hard and thick woody system. Woody system. I could go into how thick they are. I've seen cars running the trees, the tree not move. And and it wasn't always necessarily good, neither. Trees have one main stem called the trunk, which usually gives out branches and leaves. A tree can take years to grow into full-grown trees or mature trees, which produce fruit depending on the purpose of that particular tree and the environment. Most trees get their nutrients from the roots, as well as the sun, which the roots get what is made of the environment around the tree. Most trees have roots, and not only uh, the root gives it nutrients, but it also helps it to stand. All right? Now, I wasn't the greatest scientist in school. I did pass, thank the Lord. But I do remember this about the tree. The tree roots will go down and it will find water. I have seen, over my time living, trees go inside of pipes to get water. I've seen it bust pipes. Caused people heartache. And it really didn't bother the tree one bit. Tree just kept on like it was nothing wrong. What did I do? What did I do wrong here? That tree got inside of there and that tree went and got that water and it said, Whoa, I'm living now. You know what that tree started doing? Growing, getting greener, 
In the meantime, the person with the pipes had problems. That's why I tell you don't plant stuff close to pipes, so forth. Now, rivers are interesting because rivers make up a huge portion of the surface of fresh water. The force of gravity creates river currents. <clears throat> Whenever there is a current, if a tree is planted close by, it can be better and rooted and grounded in a fixed place. So that root will go down and find its water source, and then once it finds the water source, I, re- I remember reading one time in, my, in the science class that all the roots actually went toward, it went down, but they all went toward the source of the nutrients, the water. And I've seen that in, on, on pictures and stuff. Now, it's interesting, roots are underground, and you can't see which way they are moving. That root will go under, it will grab its source, it will start living, it starts growing, it starts getting stronger, and it gets, it, it's studied. It's not going anywhere. Now, it may rock and reel, but the stronger the ground is, the stronger the root is, the wind, it may blow it, but it's got to be a good wind to blow over a good tree. And if it's blowing over that tree, you better look out for everything else around it. So that, so he compares, he compares us to a tree. And I thought about the root system is there to get water and to stabilize the tree. And I thought about us. We get support and stabilize from God's written and revealed word. We get stabilized from God that gives us our source. But it's interesting, nobody ever sees your roots. Nobody ever sees how stable you really are. We may think that you're stable, but in reality, you may not be that stable. Your root may be, system may be thin. It takes time for a tree to grow in order to produce fruit. We can't get upset with folks when they first get saved, first get planted. They may not be able to produce the fruit that you've been here for years. And why ain't you producing more fruit since? You've been saved all these years. Shouldn't you be producing more? Because you've been in this ground for a minute now. You've been listening to message after message. You've been, listen, studying. You should have been praying. You should have been. Your root system, why is this little bitty wind got you about to fall over? This little tribe. I mean, I can expect for somebody who just got saved, but you've been saved for a minute, and now you're going through financial trials, and now you think, I'm not going to give. I'm going through this rough situation that I got this thing going on in my family. I'm not going to pray. You've been saved for years. You you should have a good root system. You should be tied in to God and his promises. But yet you're struggling to get things and do things the right way. Why is that? Why are you struggling? You've been here a number of years now. Why are you struggling to get to church? Why does it, why does it come a thought to your mind on Sunday morning? What do you do? Should I, should I not go? You've been, you've been, how is it you even, why is that even a conversation still? 
But some, oh, got real quiet over that one, didn't it? Oh, okay. I hear you, Lord. People having, still having a conversation. Shit, I should not go, go to. You shouldn't be having a conversation about going to work. Now, I know it got real quiet then, got quiet about work, got quiet about church. Why are we having these conversations still? You'll reach multi-millionaire status. You ain't got no more bills and stuff like that. And if you, and if you want multi-millionaire status, will God tell you to quit? Because you know I mind it. Boy, as soon as I get my 10 million, boy, they'll never see me again. Is that what God's will for your life is? Start leaning on our own understanding. Uh, I see what God got our attention just for a moment. Okay, God will give you $10 million today. Some of y'all said, I, I just go ahead and send my, my, my uh, email in until I'm not coming back anymore. I ain't put no two weeks notice in. I don't give them a two minute notice. Two minutes it takes me to type this email in. <laughs> I'm out of here. But is that what God is saying for you to do? Because this is his. This is his. We don't lean to our own understanding coming to this. Now, I didn't mean to go that route, but, you know, I just, I'm just trying to get us to think a little bit. Get us to think a little bit. Now, let's go a little further. <clears throat> Again, that brings forth its fruit in its season Whose leaves, whose, whose leaves also shall not wither. Again, who bring forth his fruit. Fruit means he's going to produce something. In its season, it's going to be produced in the time or the due season. Whose leaves shall not wither. It's not going to fall, not going to fade, not going to droop. See, productivity in this is an expected outcome where we're planted a fix in God. God desires fruit from each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. That's why he, he reads scriptures like this. And whatever, each and everything he does, and what I mean by does, is going to make it work, going to put it in order, going to prepare some things, going to produce some things. It's going to prosper, going to advance. It's going to make progress. It's going to uh, succeed. And again, get better at accomplishing God's written and revealed word. Based on that definition, when people are maturing, they should get better at accomplishing the will of God for their lives. We should be better at it. We should be better. We shouldn't be like uh, novices in this. As we get older in God, as our, treats, as our roots get stronger, we should be better at doing the will of God. I should be better in my prayer life. I should be better in my giving. I should be better in my study. I should be better in doing things that cause me to think and to talk and to act more like Jesus. That's prosperity. Don't tell me you're rich, but you don't do the will of God. Don't tell me you got it all together, but you're not doing the will of God. Especially when you know the will. Especially, you've been rooted in it for years now, but you make a decision on whether you're going to do what God tells you to do or not. It's a process. And while we're going through the process, 
to fulfill his will, can we trust God while going through the process? Can we trust him? Can we trust God? And see, the process is not for God, but it's for us, and it will benefit us tremendously. See, when a couple gets married, they must go through the process of becoming one. What does that look like? They got conversations, conflict resolution, understanding. All of that's part of the process. When a student goes through school, they must go through the process in order to graduate. What does that look like? They got to make A's. They got to study. They got to plan. Sometimes they're going to make a CRD, but they got to get better. That's part of the process. When a person starts a business, they must go through the process of becoming profitable. How does that work? They got to learn the products. They got to understand their clientele. They got to learn what operates, what's profit, what's loss. It's part of the process. When a person takes on leadership role in the church, they must go through the process of becoming an effective leader. They got to pray. They got to get with leadership and so forth. That is part of the process. When a person becomes born again, they must go through the process of maturing in the word of God and the ways of God so they can think, talk, and conduct their lives more like Jesus. What does that look like? They got to pray. They got to study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, right? They divide the word of truth. They must come to church. They must be a part of Zoom Bible study. They need to fast and they need to get so forth. That is part of the process. Everybody goes through a process. Everybody. You may be one person that didn't go through a process. Even Jesus, when he came here, was a baby. We read about him at 12. We read about him again when he was 30. The Bible says he matured in the word of God and the ways of God. He went through a process. Now, who are you not to go through the process? Why are we getting upset when it comes to going through? Why do I got to go? And, and then I, one of my favorite complaints is this, one of my favorites anyway. You may not have this kind of complaint. Why does it take so long to go through the process? I, in my mind, should have been through with this process a long time ago. I should have been. Me. Now, y'all don't mind having a conversation with God, but I do. Like, you know, I should be in multi-millionaire status. That, see, they agree with me. <laughs> multi-millionaire I should be there. I should be there. But I got to still go through the process. Now, if I got the multi-million stats, I mean, I stopped giving. I remember reading the story with a friend of mine. No, I met this guy one day. He was talking about the time uh, his church got a large sum of money one time. And because the church got a large sum of money, uh, some of the members thought they didn't have to give anymore. Now, let me go ahead and tell y'all up front. When the Lord blessed us with millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, we still we bring God his tithes and his offerings. Y'all understand that, right? Let's get that out front right now. <laughs> Let's get that out front. But I ain't got to give no more. No, 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 no. That's not how scripture works. <laughs> That's not how scripture works. When the bill is paid off, we still bring God his tithes and his offerings. All right? Now, the process it's going to help us to be fruitful regardless of our situation and our circumstance. 
See, I believe the Lord desires for us, us to be fruitful just like we see in Matthew 21, verse 18 and verse 19. Matthew 21, let's go there, 18 and verse 19. <clears throat> he wants us to be fruitful. Now in the morning as they returned to the city, he was hungry. He had a want or a need. <laughs> Interesting, the Lord was hungry. He had a want, he had a need. The Lord should be able to look amongst his believers and see solutions. Because he looked out and he did not find a solution to his hunger or to his need. I, I'm thinking about this. If God comes here, can he find solutions to his hunger, to his need in this sanctuary? He's talking about a fig tree, Pastor Doc. Let's take it a little deeper now. Let's take it a little bit deeper. See, I need, I need to, I need to see, or play this. I see a need, it needs to be fulfilled, and they are a solution, even though they may not know it yet. I'm going to call a minister XYZ or sister QRST to meet that need. We do not want to be like the fig tree Jesus encountered. When a person chooses not to go through the process, they may end up fruitless at a time when it should have produced fruit. Y'all get that? It should have produced fruit, but it did not. It should be producing uh, an, an effect, a profit, that which brings forth something, a, I like this definition, a solution. Notice what he said in verse 19. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. And said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Well, that's, that's something else, ain't it? He said, let no fruit, let, uh, no profit, that which comes forth from something, grow on you ever again. Immediately, the fig tree withered. Shriveled up, dried up. In other words, the fig tree had no solution to his hunger. It had no solution to his hunger. No, notice, the problem was he was hungry. Fig tree should have brought a solution. Fig tree brought no solution. So, hey, wither up, die, nobody ever eat from you again. Now, when Jesus is hungry, got a want or a need or a craving or seeking something like what he just talked about, when Jesus is hungry for our worship, will we produce worship? When Jesus is hungry, for us to give, will we give? When Jesus has a desire for us to pray, will we pray? When the Lord has a desire for us to witness, do we witness? We don't want to be like the fig tree which has leaves but no fruit. And the Lord said the tree will never bear fruit again. I don't want God to come to me when he's hungry and looking for something. And not find what he's looking for. I don't want God to come to me when he's got a desire and can't get his desire met because I'm too busy. I got my own agenda. I, I, I'm leaning to my own understanding. Listen, he may come to me and say, I need you to pray for two minutes. And here you are in the middle of watching your show. All you got to do is to turn off TV for a couple of minutes. 
listen, you ain't going to miss that much. And a lot of y'all can rewind TV, so you know you can do it. <laughs> so, when the Lord desires worship, do you, do you give him worship? Wait, I talk about on Sunday morning. What about Tuesday afternoon? What about Wednesday when you're riding in your car? What about on the way home and you got a, a few minutes just to give God worship, but eh, I'm too tired. The day is too long for me. Oh, I've been through so much at work. I don't have time just to say hallelujah. Just for a minute. I got, I asked for five, ten minutes. One minute. One minute of worship. Are you too busy to give God one minute of worship on your way home of a 20 minute drive? A 20 minute drive and God is saying, I only want one minute of worship. Not 10, not 15, not 30, but one minute of worship. It may turn into 10 minutes, but it starts out as one minute. When he's desiring something, do you give God what he desires? We can't get mad with the fig tree when we don't produce something in our own lives. Ooh, the fig tree didn't do it. What about us when God asks for prayer? To witness the person A or witness the person B, where are we at? Where are we at? Are we too busy to give God what he desires? Even though we got Christian written on our you got, the, you got the look. See, the tree had the look just to have the fruit. You got the look. You listen, you look like me. You, you ready? But uh, when he come to you, can he get what he desires? Boy, you got a quiet message today, boy. Boy, I got two or three good quiet parts in this, as we go through this today, boy. I'm talking about, boom. I said, boy, this is a good point. I'm like, everybody quiet. But okay, hallelujah. All right, all right, we'll keep on moving. Keep on moving. We want to be like the tree that's planted by the rivers of water. That's what we want to be like. Yeah. Psalms 1 and 3. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, which bring forth fruit in the season, whose leaves also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. See, the tree had a process before it was firmly fixed, established, and set up. It took time. It took time to get to this place where it was established. Like it, it takes time for us as believers to be established and firmly fixed in the Lord. It also requires something for us to stay firmly fixed or established in the ways of God as well. It takes something for us. That's why we got to abide in God. Go to scriptures like John 15. Let's go to John 15, 4 and 5. John 15, 4 and 5. I'm going to read to you for time's sake, but John 15, 4 and 5. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Again, abide, remain in God. Stay, continue in God. Don't depart from him as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. It can't produce or bring forth what? Fruit of itself. But you got to abide in the vine. You got to abide. got to stay there. Jesus said this in verse uh, verse 5, John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears what? Much fruit. That's what God is looking for, much fruit. Whatever God needs, he wants you to have much fruit. He wants you to produce or bring forth that which is profitable, those deeds that God is looking for. For without me, you can't do nothing. 
as we abide and remain in Christ, we position ourselves to bear much fruit. It's like what Jesus said. It's the rivers of water that cause the fruit to be established. Remember what, uh, oh, get ahead of myself. The rivers. Remember he said that tree is planted by the rivers of water? Let's look at what Jesus said about the rivers. First of all, rivers is defined as a channel or a canal indicating, a, indicating an unlimited resource. Go to John chapter 7, verse 38 and verse 39. John chapter 7, verse 38 and verse 39. And while you're getting that, let me read this to you. As we follow the Lord, he will continue to provide the resources that we need in order to mature in the will of God for our lives. Jesus told his disciples they will have a source from within, which he called rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Living water having true life worthy of the name of Jesus. So remember now, we're like a tree planted by the rivers of water. But where does that water come from? He tells us here in the book of John, chapter 7, verse 38 and verse 39. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of what? Living water. This water never runs out. Never runs out. Never runs out. Let me read the rest of this. But this he spoke concerning the spirit, whom those believing in him would not receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. See, the Holy Spirit abides on the inside of a believer. It's going to be the unlimited resource that we need in order to sustain us spiritually as well as guide us to be stronger and mature spiritually just like the root system does for the tree that, that provides for the tree. So in other words, we got we don't have a quote-unquote a root, natural root, but we have a system in God that has unlimited resources. Unlimited resources. It is the Holy Spirit that's the living water that produces. It don't matter if it's, a, it's a, if it's a desert season. It doesn't matter if it's a monsoon. It doesn't matter about the outside environment because out of this belly shall flow rivers of living water. You could be in a situation where there is no financial source. But God said, I'll provide the need. The doctor will say, ain't nothing we can do. But you don't never give up, never give up on God. Listen, they'll say you're oppressed and depressed, but God says they don't have the final say-so in your life. If you believe, as the scripture is said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What can stop this living water? This is not dependent upon if it rains on, in a natural sense. This is dependent on your relationship with Jesus. Let me say this to you. Before I, 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 I'm going to say this for later, but let me tell you this right now. The most valuable thing I have is my relationship with Jesus. It is the richest thing I possess. It is my relationship with Jesus. And I realize my relationship with Jesus, I have an unlimited resource. Now, I know I'm getting, uh, <laughs> let me say this to you. Woo, glory be, I got so much running through my head now. Watch this. I can never go to God and tell him I'm broke. Why? Because I can always go to the Father in Jesus' name and ask whatever I will, and if I believe it, I can receive it, have it, so forth and so on. Why am I telling God? So I'm saying, God, you want me to prosper? 
and being healthy is my soul prosper, then what's going to stop me from that? Me. Because out of my belly, I got a source right here. I can Listen, if the source was dependent upon you, then I can see how you could stop me. But my source is not dependent upon you. It's dependent on something that is invaluable. Invaluable. I'm going to read Psalms 1 and 3. We'll, we'll close out with a few things right here real quick. Ooh, Again, Psalms 1 and 3. Whatever he does shall prosper. Go back to my definition. To get better at accomplishing the will of God. See, if I got this unlimited resource, what is it for? I got to ask myself the question. God didn't give you an unlimited resource for nothing. He didn't give it to you so you can consume it on your own lust. He's giving you an unlimited resource for a reason. Everybody's got me so far. Let's talk about what, why he gives me the unlimited resource or out of your belly or like a tree planted by the rivers of water. A few things I want to mention to you. He says, whatever he does shall prosper. So I need to ask myself the question, what does he want me to prosper? I got a few. There's plenty more. He wants my prayer life to be better. He wants my prayer life to be better. I should be praying like a mature Christian. I, I should start off as a babe, but then I should be growing and getting better in my prayer life. You know what I look for when I, when I listen to people pray? I don't look for how loud they sound. I look for, I, I listen for the maturity in their prayer. That's how you know. That's how, that's how I want praying for me. Because they're mature praying. Are y'all following me here? Listen, when you're fighting in your body and you're going through a certain sickness and disease, you need to have certain people around you praying. And some folks, you need to tell them nothing. Because There's certain people in my family I know who to go to when it comes to prayer. When you fight certain things in your body. I'm going to tell you, you, you got to know who you go to. You can't be talking about, well, the doctor said, and the doctor said, the doctor ain't got the final say so. God got the what? Final say so. Am I giving to what? Get better. I should give with a better attitude. I should give willingly. Looking for, looking for places to sow my seed. I'm looking for places to give. I'm, I'm looking, God, what do you want me to give? Now, tithes and offering, that's, that's, goes without question. You bring them to the place where the tree planted in. <laughs> Woo! Y'all get, you get that. The tree planted. Tree is planted right here, baby. Is that too deep for y'all? Is that, that, I didn't get that, I didn't lose you there, dude. The tree planted right here. This is where you bring your tithes. This is where you bring your offering. This is where you plant. Now, you can, listen, people can come by and get fruit off your tree in different areas. You got to learn how to sow. Right now, my business should be getting better. I should be getting better in my business. Listen, it, you, you got to learn your business, but your business should be able to grow and to get what? Better. You learn through your business. You learn what works. You learn what don't work. Your witnessing should be getting better. I'm not just witnessing about what happened 20 years ago. I'm talking about how God has been good to me this week. 
Oh, you know, some of you got testimony. What, what did God do for you five years ago? Now, what did God do for you yesterday? What did God do for you this week? What did God do for you this morning? You know, when I grow up, you say, he woke me up this morning, started me on my way. Oh, that's a testimony to the goodness of God because some people did not wake up this morning. But the alarm clock woke me up. Really? I mean, I'm just curious. How many have ever slept through an alarm clock? Let me see your hands. Look around the room. Look around. Well, some of y'all passed that. Well, hallelujah. All right, here we go. My going on one day. I'm like, what's that noise? <laughs> you should be better at following your omniscient God. You should be better following the Holy Spirit. You should be better at following the Holy Spirit. After last year, without faith following our omniscient God, we should be better at following the Holy Spirit. We should be better at that. I ain't saying we're perfected it, but we should be profiting or getting better or prospering and following the Holy Spirit. We should be listening to the same old people that's trying to figure out, is it God or not? Man, you should be past that point. You may ever ask that thing one or two times, but you should be in a position where, okay, does it line up with Scripture? Does it line up with the Holy, what the Holy Spirit has been telling me in the past? Following our mission, God. Your work environment should be better. You should be happy going to work instead of mad all the time. Thank y'all for them five amens. Look, I talk about me, so you got to admit that you do this. Sometimes when I used to go to work, I was angry going in there before I even got there. Man! I said, these folks, boy, they're getting on my nerves up in here. The Lord had to deal with me. He said, listen, you got the wrong attitude going to work. We, we should be mature to the point that we're happy despite what the environment looks like. Because our source is not the environment. Our source is Jesus. And we work as unto the Lord, so we do it with a good attitude. And when you go see your family, y'all be the same way. I'm happy to see y'all despite. You got to be in that position. Going to work, going whatever. Why? We're past immaturity going to, going to these different things. You're prospering now. You are getting better at accomplishing the will of God for your life. You're not the more, you're not that same person you used to be when you go to work. I mean, listen, getting up in the morning mad, getting dressed mad, upset driving in. I gotta deal with these folks again. I'm gonna pray for them this time, God, because they, they're about, Lord, they get them under one more time. We'll tell them all up. All, we shouldn't have that attitude no more. Look how y'all looking at me right now. This is another one of my drop points on it again. You can't be getting mad every time you go to work. You're past that point. You're mature now. Your, your happiness doesn't come from outside. Your happiness comes from you. Your relationship with who? Jesus. You're following him. The next one is my, our family, our marriage, our parenting life, our single life. It's amazing. Sometimes, you know, with immature parents, they get upset with their children. You ever heard of daddy say, I got to babysit my children? Some of y'all didn't get that, did you? Uh, a dad say, I got to babysit my own child. No, they just immature. That's all it is. They got to learn. You don't, it's your child. You don't babysit your own child. 
You follow me. Lord, that's another mic drop moment. <laughs> Can't get mad at your children. You had them. Come on. I, I can't get away from the children. You had the child. Didn't nobody make you? You had the child. You did what you didn't have. Now, you got to go through what? The process. And now what? You got to get better. We'll get better at it, right? We should be mad at our children. They're your child. We're going to drop off at your house. It's your child. What's the problem? I got to get rid of the children. No, they're your child. You don't babysit your own child. This is your child. You raise your child like you're supposed to do. Lord, it got real quiet again now. All right. Let's move on to the next one here. Ministry and leading and serving. We should be better at leading and ministry and serving. We should, we should be dread come to church. Oh, God, I got to sing again. I got to play. I, I got to play the instruments again. I got to play these drums again. I, I got to do this again. I got, Lord, Pastor, I hope you don't text me on Saturday or Thursday or Friday to do the prayer. Lord, he even asked me to MC. Oh, God, I can't keep Oh, let me tell you something. If I text you, it ain't my call. When you think it's my call, you better say no. Because I'm in my flesh. But if you missed it, <laughs> then you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't tell me no. You told the one who told me to ask you no. You'll get that a little later, won't you? Everybody understand? This is ministry. Oh, they want me to stay after church, y'all, to help with so-and-so. I got to stay. You ain't got to stay. You grown person. This is ministry. This is the Lord's ministry. We should be past that point where I got to stay. It should be an opportunity for me to sow into this good ground to make something happen for somebody else. Mm-hmm. We should be past that point. I know that's another mic drop moment, ain't it? I know it. But see, this is how we got to grow up, y'all. This is prospering right here. And yeah, financially, yeah, you're going to be blessed financially, but you got to be more than just blessed financially. You got to have a mindset that says, I am achieving the will of God in a more excellent manner. Everybody see why I use that definition? Why I believe the Lord gave me that definition? That we got to accomplish the will of God in a more excellent manner. No longer should we be immature in our approach of doing the will of God. But we got to allow God, we got to trust God, I should say, while going through the process in order to prosper. And let me say this to you. If you're not there yet, just repent and say, God, help me to be what Pastor Dobbs talked about here today. I know you, I know if you gave him that word, you will help me to do it. I may agree with that. All right, stand to your feet and let's give the Lord a hand of praise for his word this morning. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.